0: And in the face of and because of, you know, where we all are, I know that the name of the game is endurance. Like hope is a superpower. And when you combine that with endurance, you're likely already winning, right? So whatever you Mm -hmm. do for a living or don't do for a living or have lost or have gained, like it's still, that's still the same truth for all of us. That if we really understand the weapon of hope, and like to guard ourselves with peace, then we hold that position or are freed in that position to endure, to thrive.
1: The Halifax Jazz Festival's waterfront lot will be empty again this summer, but a totally stacked online series is already in progress. This week on the show, I'll be joined by Friday night's virtual headliner, the world-renowned opera singer, Misha Bruger gossman So grab a virtual tall ship, or a real one, and settle in for a chat about her latest record, Misha Jazz, and what you can expect from the show. I'm Tara Thorne, and this is the Tideline. Tideline. Today, we're here in the middle of July and life is starting to look like it used to. Last weekend, I went to a movie and a barbecue and two shows in one day, and I've honestly been recovering ever since. But we're going to get there. We're going to get back. As mentioned last week, when we were talking to Jesse McLean of Shakespeare by the Sea, our favorites, Hello City, are kicking off a seven-week stand on Monday, July 19th, called Hello City by the Sea. This is happening every Monday till the end of August in the Cambridge Battery at Point Pleasant Park. That's seven Mondays of improv for you at a ridiculously affordable price. Visit HelloCityImprov.com for more info and season passes, which is, in my opinion, the best deal that you're going to get this whole pandemic. We've got Misha Bruegger-Gossman standing by, but first I'd like to flag some of the sweet shows I think you should check out at the first half of the Jazz Festival, which is a month long, so don't worry, I'll come back to it. Friends of the show Hillsburn will be playing Saturday night at 8 p.m. The band's new record is called Slipping Away, and the third wave denied us its official release party. But until that can happen in the fall, get a free taste now. On Thursday, July 22nd, you can catch Kim Harris for 10 measly dollars on the virtual St. Matt's stage. I can feel the sacrum ruining pews now. And on the 24th, another friend of the show, Jenna Berry, will beam in from the South Shore. And for some reason, that's a free one, too. So you'd be a chump not to go. Get tickets and see the whole lineup at HalifaxJazzFestival.ca. It's always a good time to play some Jenna Berry. This is a song set in winter because summer sucks. This is called 4x4. Burger Gusman beaming in from rickety country internet so there's a bit of a delay here. How
2: are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, you know in Christianese we say blessed and highly favored you know and I don't know that that's true <laughs> of my internet connection, but I I'm going with it. I'm uh, truly grateful to live you know in this province particularly we've all become more grateful in this season which is like such an upside. So I'm about it, I'm about it. I'm good. Short answer, good. Good.
1: <laughs> so you had a very challenging 2019, to say the least. Um, <laughs> where, was, <laughs> where was your career? How, how far back into your career were you in 2020 before you got shut down again? What, what, where were well, you?
0: Well, that's a great question because for those people who don't know, I had a heart attack on June 13th of 2019, which is also the same day that my father died on this side of the country at home with my mom, praise God, because that's exactly how he would have wanted it to go. Meanwhile, I'm closing the Calgary Phil harmonics season on the other side of the country. And, you know, at the Banff film festival and all of these things. So I'm, Finishing up work and thinking that, like, I'm also just transforming into Mother of the Year because I'm making it home in time for my son's school showcase. And then, like, on that morning, I woke up and was like, oh, something is not right. And then, you know, like a lot of women who don't want to inconvenience their hosts or their families or anyone really, I thought, well, how much am I willing to inconvenience people? Like, could I make it home? And then just kind of, and then what, you know what I mean? I was thinking, it's not like, and let's face it, the cardiac unit and what's available in terms of the latest of cardiac care is more likely to be in Calgary than it is to be in Halifax. And I'm simply stating truth. Don't come on the boards and don't tweet me things that, you know, I'm talking (laughs) truth. So I was like, these things go through your mind, you know, like what kind of care? Because the reality of our medical system, especially right now, is that it's overrun and understaffed. So it was even in 2019 that I was considering those things. So, you know, say a prayer for our healthcare workers because it's not getting better. And so I am having a heart attack and I go downstairs and I say, listen, nobody panic. There were these two... <laughs> two of my dearest friends, Robin Cass and Larry Finkner, and they're standing there in the kitchen. I'm like, but we got to get me to the hospital. And they have had me say, I started the sentence by saying, do not panic. And I had packed a bag, Tara. Like I knew that I was going somewhere. And I probably was, you know. I was not going to die. Like, let's not get dramatic. I know that, you know, God has me here for a specific amount of days and I didn't feel like I was coming to the end of them at that point, but I did know that it was probably best that I not get on a plane. So they took me to the hospital and I'll tell you right now, I don't mind saying that I told my dear friend, Larry, take me to the good one. If there is a hierarchy of hospitals in this city and in every major city, there is, okay, because different hospitals specialize in different things. I was like, you better take me to the good one. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I won't tell you where he took me, but I was super mad and not super mad. I mean, I say that now to dramatize what happened. But the point is, I did end up having to be taken in an ambulance to a different hospital. And I was like, Larry, Larry. Why did you not take me home? But the thing is, God is good. And I did end up at the Calgary Foothills Hospital where I would be like ultimately united with Dr. Teresa Kieser. I would fast forward, you know, I had open heart surgery and she replaced two bypasses in my heart with arteries. My left uh, mammary arteries are now the new highways in my heart. And why that's significant Wow, is that like you have to really be pushing in your advocacy for your own cardiac care if you find yourself or a loved one facing surgery, you must advocate for artery over vein in bypass surgery because it should be standard um and that is the only surgery that Dr. Teresa Dr. Teresa Kieser at the Calgary Foothills Hospital performs. Like, and I'm just saying this because someone's going to hear it and it's going to save your life or someone that you love, right? It's going to give them longevity because arteries are like super highways of blood. Veins also carry blood, but arteries are like, you know, that's what, you know, it's just better. Okay. It's just better. So it's not saying that the bypasses aren't working. Obviously they're working. My father had five in his heart, three of which had collapsed at his death. Right? So I was being healed in a much greater way, like if you can recognize the symmetry here from what my father was dying from, mm-hmm. and let's face it, he was he's older, you know he's he died in his early seventies, but my cardiac surgery option was a foregone conclusion i e arteries over veins because of my age, which is to say. They went with the riskier or not riskier, just more difficult surgery that is performed by the star surgeon because she's the only one who does it, making her incredibly valuable, Dr. Teresa Kieser. So I get her because I'm going to be the one who's likely to live the longest. So give me the surgery with the most success. Do you see the kind of odd dichotomy that exists in our medical system? Like, We just need to be advocating for more surgeons to be trained in this methodology from the get. And, you know, not to just to wrap this up, because I know we have other things to talk about. But, you know, (laughs) Dr. Teresa Kieser does spend the surgical time that she spends not performing artery bypass surgeries is spent repairing the vein surgeries. Okay, so
2: hmm.
0: her resources are spent correcting surgeries that shouldn't even be happening because artery bypass should be standard, and the other time that she spends is teaching the hopefully next wave of surgeries surgeons, cardiac surgeons artery over artery bypass and I'm sure there's a fancier name for it, but I figure i just I just call it that <laughs> but it's just I have a super heart, <laughs> and for those of you you know who have been so faithful in praying for me and wishing me well and holding me up and sending me encouragement. Like, I like, I was super heart and I feel super great. Um, you know, it's, it's been, and then COVID, right. So I was like already canceled. <laughs> so and like, then. yeah, yes. you know, and so COVID came and I was like, well, I was already saved for great things and my mission hasn't changed so I just got to making videos I made 42 music videos in total like just for different groups different programming you know I produced I recorded I edited I learned a whole bunch of stuff I was not super looking to learn like I am super educated as a classical musician I did not think I would use <laughs> using. Or not using, you know, it was all going so well, Tara. And I was like, okay, well, um, it's not the first time I've had to endure. You know, I know firsthand before COVID and in the face of and because of, you know, where we all are, I know that the name of the game is endurance. Like hope is a superpower. And when you combine that with endurance, you're likely already winning. Right. So, whatever you Mm -hmm. do for a living or don't do for a living or have lost or have gained, like it's still that's still the same truth for all of us that if we really understand the weapon of hope and like to guard ourselves with peace, then we hold that position or are freed in that position to endure, to thrive, you know, especially. When something as ridiculous as this, like, it's, and I don't mean it as a joke. I mean, it's absolutely perverse, you know, that we, (laughs) this would happen. Like sometimes I, if I'm not crying about it, I'm sort of like, really? Like, really? Like people, like, let's talk, like casting forward. Right? Or even casting back. If you're talking to people in the 20s and they're scarlet fearing and they're like influent, like they're doing all the stuff and they're having to go through. This isn't the first time. Like it's the first time that's happening for us, but it's not the first time. And so even if you're looking from 20 years in either direction, 30, 40 years in either direction, it's super weird. You know, and I'm not, don't, yeah. you won't catch me saying end of days weird. I'm not with those Christians. Get out. I'm talking about. You know, the fact that it's just objectively insane, it's bonkers. And so even more is the power of this enduring hope, because we know that the only true constant is change, right? So it's going to be Mm -hmm. changed. We can't qualify it by saying this change is worse or this change is better. It's all going to end. And Something is always beginning, right? So, I mean, I'm just fancifying glass half full. You know what I mean? Like, you just have to decide (laughs) your perspective. You know what I mean? It took her so long to say it. Anyway.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, um. So, was the Misha Jazz record was that was in progress with a release plan in place, and you dropped it in the middle of the pandemic. And you gave it away, which I, I think is so curious. Can you tell me the the impetus to to give it away a song at a time?
0: Well, it's not like I don't want to make money. First of all, let me be clear about that. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to be super clear that legacy wealth is on the way for Misha Bibi-Yosman and her children's children's children's. But it's like, right now I'm like triple dog poor. So I just kind of wanted to be like honest about like the offering and it's super counterculture. Like I super get it. And I know that it's um, a bit foreign, but everybody gets it. Everybody gets that. Um, your power is not in your album sales. Like your power is in how many people are like moved to healing by your offering. Right. Like, I don't think you're measured by, um, you know, you know, I do like to be liked, like, I'm not going to lie about that. And I want people to hear my music and I want to promote the people that play with me and give work to as many people as possible And what I know that God knows about me is that when he blesses me with something, like my hands are open wide, I clutch nothing, it flows through my fingers and down to as many people as possible. And when I decided to give away Misha Jazz, it was also the very first album that I owned outright, that I paid to have made. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, the recording process was generously negotiated to me by the BAM Center for Arts and Creativity. So there is a village of people's resources who were like, honestly, I was the beneficiary of much generosity, and not the least of which was just the creative process that I underwent with Rob Pilch on guitar, George Kohler on bass, Aaron Davis... And, uh, on piano and, and keys and Jerry Granelli on drums. That was the original group at Banff. And so we were there just kind of creating, wow. and that to me was a very, very, like, that's, that's the gift. And so then we come back and we're in of Sound, Guillermo Subauste's studios in Toronto in the West End. And this is all still super clear of the pandemic, right? This is like 2000, fall 2019, I'm going to say it could have even been, I mean, time, who even knows? Like, am I right? Like, can I get an amen that it, like <laughs> yesterday is like someday we're sort of getting back to days of the week, but we're not quite there. So it's like, who cares what year it was? It was nowhere near COVID. Nobody's even talked about it. So I'm, it's, it also represents a, a free time of like just total creativity and With, you know, our only resistance, the only thing standing in our way was, you know, how we were deciding to label ourselves. But if we just said we are here in service to this repertoire, and it was like kind of like that, because the repertoire was born of the intersecting songs, like meaning that many of these women had sung these songs. And so I was like trying to find the repertoire that kind of connected them all, that they'd all kind of sung and intersected on. And the group of women were these songstresses of the mid 20th century black who would have otherwise had classical careers had they not been black. So in my, you know, reverse homage as a black opera singer, Sarah Vaughn, Dinah Washington, Nina Simone, and, you know, Ella kind of was in a class of her own because she was exactly where she was and is perfection all around. She is a classical singer in my mind. But all this to say, this kind of group of women saying some commonality of repertoire, and so that's on Misha jazz, so that was the fundamental kind of basic premise and then more specific than that were like any kind of sassy sexy songs or something political, like for women, Nina Simona's on there and and there were songs on there that are standards. Um, like My Romance, but I translated them because My Romance, for instance, sounds like a Spanish ballad to me. So we translated it into Spanish with the help of Ricardo Forcinito, who's a wonderful pianist who lives in Paris. And we named it Mi Romance. Mi Romance no necesita la luna en el cielo, this kind of stuff. And so it just sounds, to me, it sounded Spanish. And another one I did, which, you know, I'm going to say is super ridiculous, and Awesome is Crimey River, but we translated it into German and called it, No, I mean, it's like, du kannst ein Fluss für mich weinen, And so it's like, <laughs> it's a German cabaret, kind of super angry, like rendering with like heavy horns, like, tana, 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 tana. like it's, it's like, I can't even, I'm not apologizing. I had the most fun. And um, you know, we would do some overdumps. So Misha Jazz is kind of this super rompy, whatever I wanted. And so when I gave it away for free, um it had already gifted me so much. So in the benevolent sense, I just wanted to let it seamlessly flow through my hands and not be obstructed by, you know, wanting to sell it or expectations of PR or, you know, just all of the things that we pile onto these beautiful baby idea infants that albums are, you know, it's like, they're Mm -hmm. just these little children. <clears throat> and maybe they never grow up to be, you know, loved adults in the universal realm, but you know, how they started, how my song started was this beautiful time in the Rocky Mountains with people I loved. And then the album just got added to, Larnell Lewis is on it. And, you know, we've got a lot of like Johnny Johnson love and over, and then I got to record cause there was no French on it. So I was like, Oh, we can't have that je viens de province officiellement bilingue viens de Nouveau-Brunswick like I'm bilingual like I grew up in both so I was like gotta put some French on there but there's not a lot of French repertoire that intersects with these ladies so I just did a one-off Daniel Bélanger cover called Les Deux Printemps which is essentially like it's a huge deal in Quebec like the, like les Québécois ils adorent chansons chanson-là like I know they love that song and so I was like, okay, here we go. Time to jump off a cliff. <laughs> and so i loved <laughs> that song forever. And I just did what I wanted. And also wanted definitely for Daniel Belanger to love it. Like I wanted him to love it. So I recorded something that I hoped he would love. Um, yeah, and that's Misha Jazz, like really. And I gave it away for free. And it, I don't know how it's doing. I don't. I don't look. I can't. I, I don't, it owes me nothing. I mean. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: um, well, this is a question I've never asked a musician oh. because I have never interviewed one like you. Which <laughs> is your favorite language to <gasps> sing in?
0: Oh, well, you honor me by being
1: And are you thinking in the language when you're singing it? Oh, yeah. Like, what is your mindset? Well, I'm an indie rock idiot. Like, I know (laughs) eight chords, so this is, like, all a mystery to me.
0: (laughs) Listen, and you all know those eight chords like nobody's business. I could not. Like, if you're not calling them out, (laughs) I just want to pick you up for a second because... That is a skill. That is a gift, man. I can't even tell you. From a classical perspective, I'm just going to take it upon me to wear the mantle of hubris that it will take to speak on behalf of all of classical music, but I'm doing it. My dear indie rock goddess, all of us over here at Classical Music uh, Planet, Planet Classical Music, are bowing to the freedom that exists within your art form right? We don't understand on our planet what it means to like, like, whirl your index finger around in a circle and have that indicate that you are to go back to a repeat and tag things. Like nobody knows what that means. We're sort of like, we look at a score. We love it. We respect it. We devote our lives to being able to take out of it and do what it requires of us. Like Yes, we don't doubt that we're gifted, but your eight chords are a total mystery to us. We don't know what, like, we can kind of understand what you're saying. And you say it like it's redactive, like it's reductive, right? You say eight chords like it's, I can't even tell you. It it It, it is a mystery, that freedom. We don't have access to it. So love it. Embrace it. Don't think Um, it's anything to, like, you know, who at. Now, okay, as I describe my love of languages, like, I love different languages for different reasons, but I'm in classical music, and if you're a classical singer and you don't love languages, it's probably going to be a real slog. So, you know, pick a language doesn't mean you have to stop, just pick something and be really good at it. But if you do love languages, then it opens up like a plethora of, you know, possibility, which is the point, right? Because there's hundreds of years in hundreds of countries. I mean, let's say, let's say there's a dominant eight, right? You've got Latin, the German and Italian uh, kind of approaches. You've got Spanish. And then, of course, there's the accents within therein from the different countries. You've got German, which is pretty standard. That's I got to say French. You can, depending on where it comes from, get fancy, but it's it's standard. And then (laughs) English, which is uh, it's pretty standard, but it is the most awkward in a classical sense to sing in. And it has, I think, well, no, every language has tells, right? And the tell being what gives you a way of as being a non-native speaker, right? So every language has their tells. So it behooves you to think in the language, to answer your question, right? It does help to be thinking in the language. Now, it doesn't mean that you necessarily speak the entire language, but you do have your most common equivalent, like whatever language is most common to you, most comfortable to you, because sometimes languages you think in are more comfortable than languages you speak, right? So I might be more comfortable thinking in French, Right. Because there's some words that just smell better because French being a very perfumey language, you know, so whereas German is very precise. There are some words in English that I wish I could say in German because it just paints a better picture, a more precise picture because of its context within the German language. And then like the Latin stuff is great because, you know, who cares? It's usually liturgical, meaning you know sacred text from churchy liturgy, and so or scripture, but it's translated into Latin, which is very cool because then you can just um know that it's worship, and for a uh, Jesus follower like me, when you get to worship and sing, some people say that singing is praying twice, and because music is such mm-hmm. a connector to, you know, a space we can't name, but I choose to call it the Holy Spirit. Now other people will call it other things, but they're not on this interview. So I do understand that when I'm in oratorio, which is sacred text, usually set to orchestra with um, soloists and choir, you know, you think the Handel's Messiah, you think the Verdi Requiem, you think um, those two examples, for instance, would be the Messiah would be in English, but set to biblical texts, different, um, texts of the Bible strewn together to create a narrative within the, that great work. And then you have the Verdi Requiem and all the requiems, Requiem, Requiem, and they would be set to the Catholic mass for the dead, right? So it's what gets played at a funeral. Right? So you would recognize the text mm. if you'd been to a Catholic funeral mass, but it is all biblical text just translated into Latin. So those are the two intersections that I, as a believer, get to experience when I sing oratorio. So I'm almost like praying thrice.
2: That's
1: <laughs> 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 pretty great. Wow.
0: Does that answer cool. the question? I mean, I, I hope... It gives you some it does. Insight.
1: It, it's given me a lot to think about.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Well, you can leave and listen to it over. This will give um, a reason.
1: How, <laughs> um, how are you going to be approaching your um, headlining Jazz Fest set on Friday? Is it, uh, is it live? Have you recorded it already? What's the deal?
0: It has definitely been recorded already, and thank you for saying it's on Friday. I think I already gave several interviews in which I said it's on Saturday, so this is good. Um. <laughs> It'll all work out, Tara. I'm convinced, despite my best efforts. But I, um, I had a great time with my band um, recording this concert. I had brought my pianist, who's been with me the longest, you know, Aaron Davis, more than any of my classical pianists. Um, with whom I would have done, you know, albums, Eustace Tyan and tours, Roger Vignoles, and different concerts, Simon Lepper and Julius Drake. I mean, these are all like, I'm geeking out on collaborative pianists here, but my classical people will know who I'm talking about. And Aaron (laughs) Davis has been the pianist, music director, collaborator par excellence with the Holly Cole trio, Manteca these kinds of people. Now I engage with him in his capacity as music director for the Holly Cole trio and like geeked out hard through high school. And so I kind of stalked him and got my career to a point where I would be able to approach him professionally and oh, collaborate, which is always mm-hmm. been kind of the mark of my career has been my desire to have something to offer a potential collaborator, whether it's a pianist I grew up listening to, or as in the case of, you know, these, all these people that I just listed or like conductors that I aspire to, you know, work with or, or, you know, of course orchestras. And, you know, we have a real like top 10 super prestigious halls and orchestras and conduct, like everybody has that. You, I mean, maybe in the non-classical world, it's like record sales, but in the classical world for the most part, it's who you're with. It's what organizations are presenting you. There's a very clear hierarchy of what, <laughs> what, um, the mountaintop is. And, you know, God is good and he's blessed me and I've done very well. And yeah, top 10 of it, you know, but I don't seek that validation anymore. And yet I couldn't really, um, you know in the flavor of how I got through this last season and in in how I was able to generate work for myself yes a lot of it was self starting you know I was the one recording and calling and producing and you know really a lot of the tip of that spear was me but there were collaborators that I could reach out to based on my performance to date you know I am Isha Burger Gosman you know and mm-hmm. at certain points that's very helpful So, um, you know, thank you so much. Thank you so much to the organizations that took my calls. You know, the Vancouver Symphony and the National Arts Center Orchestra and Opera Atelier. I'll say your names. Oh, yeah. I'll scream it from the mountaintops The people who (laughs) gave me a job. You know, like, okay. And the ones, you know, in the same breath, we don't want to be negative. You know, but we do have to hold to account the people who shuttered their Doors and didn't create alternative employment for the artists whose contracts they canceled yes of course you had a legitimate reason to mm-hmm. cancel but what did you do with the resources you had to make up for what all of us lost you know and make no mistake make no mistake do <clears> turn <throat> I'm not crying over spilt milk I won't do that. I <laughs> sign those contracts. I, you know, you know, the contract give it, but the top fine print, take it away, you know, kind of thing. Like I know I am culpable in my own, you know, in the outcomes right here, but I also won't go back. I'm not going back to Egypt. That's a little Christianese for not going back to the same system that oppressed you. You have to create a new sure. system. You know, you you have to, you know, collaborate with these organizations, but you can't let them own you. You can't make it seem like you don't have any power and that they're the ones, because they've got the halls, because they will find a way that doesn't have you selling your future for the present ease of not having to like sign an imperpetuity clause. Like, that's ridiculous. Done. We know the earth can end. Done with imperpetuity. Like, let's go four year max. You know, five year if they pay you right. Yeah. You know, and just be aware of the value of your time. I know I'm talking to somebody here because you are valuable. You are worth negotiating for. You are worth that extra phone call or email. But make no mistake, if you want to be the boss, it is more work. It is more work. Don't just don't don't try and get the same amount of prestige over there. While also being the boss and not put in more hours. I mean, we were also paying for convenience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can I get an amen? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do I not enjoy cleaning my house, but I can't afford it. Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) um, (laughs) This is such. <laughs> this was such a nice chat. I'm so glad we got to connect. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you um pull out at the Jazz Festival on Friday, not Saturday. And um, so good. Thanks so Let me much me just say for, the for last joining members here. of my band,
0: because I got stuck on Aaron Davis, which is like a place oh, yes. to start. So we've got Marco Simmons, uh, who fills a room with his gorgeous vocal Jamila. And if you don't know what a Jamila is, look it up. She's amazing. like oh, Burton yeah. on drums. We do, like, we do and- on the show. Let's. Who keeps time better than Dave Burton? I mean, the man is amazing. Larry Bjornson on bass, who I adore. All the electric, all the double bass, and then um okay, my favorite member of the band is obviously my husband, Steve Lee. So he's like rocking out, and so if you can go to work with your spouse, do it. Don't let people tell you you need to live separate lives. I'm loving it. He's like, let I'm saying that, and he's away like like renovating his house. So like, let's also claim that we also need a little bit of alone time, but it was lovely to have my beautiful husband there on guitar.
1: There you go. Life's about balance. Misha, thank you so, so much. Line is engineered by Palmer Jamison at the Golden Palm and produced by the Halifax Examiner.